Theologians love making up man-made theological labels, and especially when it comes to the cross. We have the moral influence theory, the substitution theory, and many more. But what if I were to tell you that the cross is just simply too big of an event to fit into any one man-made label? The fact is, a lot of these different theories or camps of thought, if you want to call them that, uh, the reason why so many of them fail is not because of what they teach, but because of what they fail to teach. In order to get the big picture of what happened at the cross, we can't rule out any one man-made label or thought or theory. We have to put them all together to get the big picture. While I was in Cradle Roll Sabbath School, before I could even read, there was a picture in my Bible of Jesus dying on the cross. I was mesmerized by this picture and would study it in church as the preacher preached. As I took in the entire scene, one thought kept reverberating in my heart. Jesus died for me. One night, when I was seven years old, I put my Bible away to fall asleep. As I laid there contemplating that picture, the Holy Spirit was painting that very scene on my heart. That night, I decided to give my heart to Jesus and be baptized because Jesus died for me. Over time, the world and even people in the church have pressured and even threatened me to compromise my faith and convictions. When they demand my loyalty to them, I remember that night when I gave my heart to Jesus. I remember the people pressuring me to compromise did not die for me. Jesus died for me. I must be loyal to him. I gave my heart to Jesus. I did not give it to the people in the world or in the church. Way too many times over the years, I've compromised my faith without any pressure from anyone else at all. Again, my mind goes back to the picture of the cross that the Holy Spirit painted on my heart on that night so long ago. I don't give up. Jesus died for me. I ask his forgiveness, which he so freely offers me. I know I'm forgiven because Jesus died for me. I have completed many more trips around the sun since my cradle roll days and baptism when I was seven. Still, one thing still grips my heart and mesmerizes my soul. Jesus died for me. As time passes, the Holy Spirit continues painting even more details into that picture of the cross. As I continue studying scripture and not just a picture, the details become the details become increasingly more vivid on my heart, making the scene more real, more wonderful, and more awful. While many want to give specific theological labels to the cross, I find the picture of the cross the Holy Spirit is painting on my heart is much too grand and vivid to fall under any one label. As I have written before, many camps of thought are not so much wrong in what they teach as much as in what they fail to teach. One camp of thought does not necessarily have to replace the other. 
I believe we get the big picture of the cross when we put all the camps of thought together and just throw away the labels. After all, I did not fall in love with a theological label. I fell in love with Jesus because Jesus died for me. The first time I heard the gospel presentation, I was taught that when I chose to knowingly break God's law, that was counted as sin according to 1 John 3, 4. Sin is punishable by death according to Romans 6:23. John 3:16 tells me God gave his son to die the death I deserve so I can have eternal life. As I continue studying, I find another definition for sin besides 1 John 3, 4. In John 16, 9, Jesus also defines unbelief as sin. I have studied that Jesus died not so much because humankind took a piece of fruit they were told not to, but because in taking that fruit, they showed they did not trust God or really believe in his love. Therefore, God became a man and went to the cross to die and prove that he loves us so we can believe in his love. Therefore, Jesus heals us from the sin of unbelief. The atonement appeases an angry race instead of an angry God. So which is it? Did Jesus die because humankind sinned by breaking the law, which is punishable by death? Or did Jesus die because humankind stopped believing in God's love, and by dying on the cross, Jesus reconciled us by convincing us he loves us? Both. Interestingly, John records both definitions of sin. In 1 John 3, 4, the sin of breaking the law, and in John 16, 9, the sin of unbelief. John understood Jesus died for every definition of sin. I have heard that Jesus took on human nature so he could give us an example of human obedience. I have heard also that Jesus took human nature because he had to die as a man. So which is it? Both. Romans 8, 3-4 reads, and I quote, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. End of quote, Romans 8, 3-4, New Living Translation. There is not a law in this universe that will allow someone to die for someone else. I can't go to a murder trial and offer to die for the defendant so that he can go free. They won't allow that. God can't allow it either. So what was God's solution? Jesus took my human body to the cross and died not just for me, but as me. Not only is my sanctification dependent upon the humanity of Jesus, my justification is dependent on it as well. Hebrews 2, 14-17 in the NLT reads, and I quote, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. 
For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. End of quote, Hebrews 2, 14 through 17. NLT. Jesus had to become us and die as us. This is why Paul never actually refers to Jesus dying for us as much as he writes about Jesus dying as us. Where we all sinned when we were in Adam, we have now all lived a righteous life in Christ. Romans 5.18 reads, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. End of quote, Romans 5.18. Also, as I sinned in Adam, I have now been crucified with Christ. Take a look at how these verses describe us dying with Jesus and not just Jesus dying for us. Galatians 2.20 reads in the NLT, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. End of quote. Romans 6, 3-7 reads, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Romans 6, 3-7. through 2 Corinthians 5.14 reads, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. End of quote. So we see how these verses show that Jesus not only died for us, but he died as us. And in a sense, we died with him. Where I sinned in Adam, I've now been crucified with Christ. He took my flesh to the cross and crucified it. That is my justification. The good news is it doesn't stop there. Jesus also took on humanity and died so we can be sanctified and have glorious, victorious lives. Consider how these passages describe the victory Christ gives us by taking on humanity. 
Let's go back to where we began at Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2.18 reads, Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we are being tested. End of quote. 1 Peter 2.24 reads, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. End of quote. So 1 Peter 2.24 doesn't tell us that Jesus died so we can continue sinning. He died so we can live for what is right. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reads, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, that we could be made right with God through Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 So Jesus died as a human, not only so I could be forgiven, but also so I can be victorious. The atonement was not only possible because of Jesus' complete humanity, but also because of his complete divinity. Ellen White writes in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 63, The broken law of God demanded the life of the sinner. In all the universe there was but one who could, in behalf of man, satisfy its claims. Since the divine law is as sacred as God himself, only one equal with God could make atonement for its transgression. None but Christ could redeem fallen man from the curse of the law and bring him again into harmony with heaven. Christ would take upon himself the guilt and shame of sin, sin so offensive to a holy God that it must separate the Father and his Son. Christ could reach to the depths of misery. Christ would reach to the depths of misery to rescue the ruined race. Ellen White, Patriarchs and Prophets, page 63. Did Jesus make an atonement as fully man or fully God? Both. Did Jesus die to free, free us from the power of sin or the penalty of sin? Both. Did Jesus die because of the sin of breaking God's law or the sin of unbelief? Both. I have learned so much more about the cross since my early childhood days, but I am still not in any one theological camp or label. When I am tempted, I look at the picture of the cross the Holy Spirit has painted on my heart. His love empowers me to overcome as I remember Jesus died for me. When I make stupid decisions and fall into sin, I look to the cross and know I can find forgiveness because Jesus died for me. I am reconciled to God and can believe in his love because Jesus died for me. God made an atonement for my sin and transgression of the law when Jesus died for me. Many years later, I've experienced hundreds of victories since my cradle roll days. Victories I never imagined possible. But before you pat me on the back, I've also suffered a multitude of defeats that I never would have imagined possible when I first gave my heart to Jesus at the tender age of seven. Sin has brought me lower than I ever comprehended possible, and Jesus has raised me higher than I ever comprehended possible. <laughs>
I have found theological theories and labels get me nowhere. When I need forgiveness or power to overcome, I do what I've been doing since Cradle Roll. I look at the cross and remember Jesus died for me. And friends, Jesus died for you as well. I'm William Earnhardt, a Bible uh, instructor in the Florida area. And if you want to learn more about the cross, more about God's love, more about salvation, I would love uh, to be able to correspond with you. You can reach me at racer3 at gmail.com. You spell out the three, so it's R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, and God bless you. Thank you.